0: If it's miracles you want, welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. Paul said the Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. Well, immediately after the rapture, two Jewish prophets will give the world signs. One of those miraculous works will be a repeat of Elijah's three-and-a-half-year drought. Jim is helping us discern who is who in the book of the Revelation. Here's part two of his sermon, The Last Prophet Standing. Revelation 10, 9.
1: I went to the angel and asked him to give me the little scroll. He said to me, take it and eat it. It will be bitter in your stomach, but it will be sweet as honey in your mouth. I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and ate it. It was as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I ate it, my stomach became bitter. I was told you must prophesy again about many Peoples, nations, languages, and kings. And that's exactly what he's about to do. That is exactly what he's going to do from here, chapter 11, all the way through to the end of the book. John is going to pronounce the effects or the consequences of what that little scroll declared. Jesus had the authority to open it. He has the authority to take control of everything that's represented by that little scroll. Some have called it the title deed of the earth. Good description. When John eats it, at first it's sweet in his mouth. And that's the part I want to talk about tonight. But later it's bitter in his belly. What was sweet in his mouth? John says, I was given a measuring reed like a rod with these words, go and measure God's sanctuary and the altar and count those that worship there. But exclude the courtyard outside the sanctuary. Don't measure it, because it is given to the nations and they, the nations, will trample the holy city for 42 months. Mark that. That's the first of five references we're going to focus on tonight. Forty-two months. Forty-two months is one-half of a seven-year period. That's what it is. One-half. So for half of this seven-year period, which Gabriel explained to Daniel in Daniel chapter 9, for half of that, it tells us the nations are going to uh, trample the holy city. Now, anybody know what the holy city is? Las Vegas, right? No, it's Dubai. No, it's Mecca. No, it's, no, there's only one city in the whole scripture that's called the holy city. It's Jerusalem. Now, notice what it says. It says, for half of this seven-year period, for 42 months, the nations will trample the holy city. Now, for us, that doesn't sound like good news, but I want you to mark that. We'll be back to it in just a minute. Now, the next verse, I will empower my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1,260 days, dressed in sackcloth. 1,260 days is the same as 42 months. Now, I'm going to teach you tonight What I believe is the only possible interpretation of this passage. You could choose to disagree, but I want to show you why. 1260 days, God is going to empower his two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1260 days. Now, let's note their career. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone wants to harm them, fire comes to their mouths, consumes their enemies. If anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed. He must be killed. It's not an option. These two guys are under holy orders. They are to execute any opposition that attempts to throttle them. They are given God's supreme power and he provides protection for them. So for 1260 days, three and a half years, 42 months, these two prophets are going to have a global experience. These men have the power to close the sky so that it does not rain during the days of the prophecy. Now, some like to read that and say that means that if they want to, they can't. No, that says they will. That says that by the power vested in them by God, they will actually affect the climate of our Earth globally. Globally. It will not rain on the Earth. For the 42 months, these two special prophets of God are ministering. Notice also, they have power over the waters to turn them into blood. And they have power to strike the earth with any plague whenever they want. These are two underrated, dynamic prophets of God, it might be possible to say that they are the two most powerful of all the prophets of God. We're going to see in just a moment that the reach of their prophecy is not the nation of Israel. It's not limited to the little land of Palestine, as it used to be called. But first, there's a tragedy. First, there's an interruption. Notice it. When they finish their testimony, 42 months, 1,262 days, when they finish, the beast that comes up out of the abyss, Now you have to go back to understand who that is. That's chapter 9. That's a part of the fifth trumpet For when the fifth angel sounded his trumpet, the abyss was opened, and locust-like creatures came out, and for seven months they are given the power to inflict men with excruciating, painful torment. They can't touch the ones who have the seal of God upon their heads. They can't touch them, but everybody else is subject to their torment, and they torment men for seven months. Their torment is so excruciating that men will wish to die and not be able to die. That's where you meet this person, this being. And you read up there in chapter 9 that they had, they had a king, verse 11, they had as their king the angel of the abyss, His name in Hebrew, in Greek, gives it to you, Apollyon. This is the first woe. Now, that's going to be a horrible experience, a global experience. And the one who is the king of the leader of this horde of demonic spirits that are released from the place called the abyss, where they are presently confined, that king is the one who's going to confront the two witnesses who have the power of God to speak fire and destroy anyone that opposes them, who have power to perform all kinds of miracles at their will to accomplish their mission. He's the one, that demonic king of the abyss, It's not Satan, but it's a powerful, powerful personage in Satan's kingdom order. And right now, he's not on the earth. He's in the abyss. And he will remain there, along with his kindred demons, until the fifth angel blows the trumpet. Now, back to chapter 11. When they finish, the two witnesses finish what God has given them the time to do, 1260 days, and the ministry God's given them to accomplish. Then the one, the beast, who comes out of the abyss, he will make war with them, conquer them, and kill them. Their dead bodies will lie in the public square of the great city that is called prophetically Sodom in Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified, That's got to be Jerusalem again. Representatives from the peoples, tribes, languages, nations will view their bodies for three and a half days and not permit their bodies put in the grave. Those who live on the earth will gloat over them and celebrate and send gifts to one another because these two prophets, mark it, tormented those who live on the earth. So these guys aren't just two little fellows running around sackcloth over there on the hills of Gia. These are powerful witnesses, and they are Jewish. They are Jewish. Now, I believe that these two witnesses ministered during the first three and a half years of the seven-year period, that their 1260 days began shortly after the rapture of the church. They are God's redemptive ministers to the forsaken tribes of the Jews. It is through their ministry that the 144,000 will come to faith in Jesus Christ and be saved and sealed and sent. It is through the witnesses of these two prophets that God's word is heard to all nations. Remember Jesus said, the good news of the kingdom will be preached to all nations before the end comes. These two will be powerfully involved in doing that. And notice, as we began our reading, their base or their their foundation lies in the new temple operating in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. It's Jewish. It's not the church. It's not Gentiles. It's Jewish. It is God's determined effort to make clear to the Jewish people that Jesus is their Messiah, that they made a dastardly mistake when they refused him when he came the first time, and rejected him in crucifixion, that he nonetheless is their Messiah, and the Jews seek a sign, these two prophets are going to give them tons of signs. They won't be like Pastor Mike or any of us today, like tonight, who make these broad statements centered in scripture but we can't duplicate the miracles they did. These guys will lead with miracles. They will be uncontestable. They are God's special witnesses, especially to the Jewish nation, and then beyond the Jewish nation, to the Gentiles. So no one living on the top side of the earth will have any reason to accuse God of forsaking them, or charge God with failing to continue to extend the gospel to people who are not raptured in the church. By the way, according to Ephesians and other passages, our brothers and sisters who are Jewish and uncomfortable in our worship services and have their own distinct Jewish practices are part of the church. They will not be here. They will be raptured when the church is raptured, before this 1260 days begin. One of these prophets we know for sure. That's Elijah. He's one of them. The other one, we're not sure of. Now, I want to fast forward with you. Put on your quick thinking hats, okay? When we come to chapter, well, these guys are resurrected. They go up to heaven. You can read the rest of it. Over in chapter 12, we continue to see what's going to happen during this period of time, this 42 months. In chapter 12 and verse 6, the woman in the, in the experience that John saw, which is our subject for next week, the woman, at that experience, who gave birth to the child who will rule all nations and who was caught up to heaven, the woman flees into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God to be fed there 1,260 days. Same unit of time. Different part of the week. The two prophets are preaching and proclaiming uncontested for the first 1260 days. They are killed. The woman, when we come over to chapter 12, who represents the nation of Israel, the one through whom our Lord came into the world, that woman is confronted by Satan, and she, we read, she, the woman, fled into the wilderness where she had a place, prepared by God. Oh, I hope that settles between your ears. She has a place prepared for, by God, and it's scheduled for her to be fed there for 1,260 days. That's the second half of the tribulation period. The narrative goes on in chapter 12, verse 7. and talks about Satan being kicked out of heaven with his angels. And you read in verse 13, when the dragon saw that he'd been thrown to earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male. That's the same reality. That's the same identity. It's the nation of Israel in this passage. He persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male. Now watch. The woman, Israel, was given two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent's presence to her place, in the wilderness where she was fed for time, times, and half a time, three and a half times, three and a half years. From his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river after the woman to sweep her away in a torrent, but the earth helped the woman. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the river that the dragon had spewed from his mouth. So the dragon was furious with the woman, and left to wage war against the rest of her offspring. More about that another time. All I want you to see is, this is the second time we are told, that this woman through whom God became man and her descendants, representing the nation, are being persecuted directly by the devil and God supernaturally protects her as she escapes to a special place in the wilderness where she's fed nurtured, protected by God, and Satan leaves her there. He can't touch her in this place prepared by God. That's the second time we're told about that place. Now turn over to chapter 13, one more verse. In chapter 13, we meet the Antichrist. He's the one who takes the dominant leadership in the world after the two witnesses are killed. He is satanically energized and he is permitted by God. Well, let's read it. Revelation chapter 13, verse 5. A mouth was given to him to speak boasts and blasphemies. He was also given authority to make war for 42 months. That's the last three and a half years of Daniel's 70th week. He was permitted to wage war against the saints and to conquer them. Obviously, that's not the Israeli woman in the wilderness. These must be other believers living in the world during that second half of the tribulation. It says very clearly, God permits, God allows, God gives him authority. He has the authority to act or to make war for 42 months. He spoke blasphemies against God to blaspheme his name and his dwelling, those who dwell in heaven. By the way, that's probably a reference to the church in heaven. He was permitted to wage war against the saints and to conquer them. He was also given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All those who live on the earth will worship him, everyone whose name was not written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who was slaughtered. Now, let's see if we can put these together. You have five references concerning this period, this unit of time, 42 months, 1260 days, time times and a half time. You have five references, we've seen them all. The first one says clearly that during the time it references, Jerusalem, the holy city, will be trampled down by the Gentiles. That cannot take place during the ministry of the two prophets. It cannot take place during the time that the Jewish temple is open and functioning. And Daniel tells us, and the book of Revelation reminds us, that one of the first things that the Antichrist and the false prophet does after they assume satanic authority and God's permission, they violate, they desecrate the temple in Jerusalem, stopping the sacrifices. So there are sacrifices in the Jewish temple, on the Jewish mount, until the Antichrist comes to power and until the image of the Antichrist is put there. That's the period of time when the two witnesses preach, prophesy, and the 144,000 are saved, sealed, and signed. Got it? It's followed by the nations, under the leadership of Antichrist, trampling the holy city, and they will do that. They will do that. That's what we just read about. During the time that Antichrist and his minions trample the holy city, the faithful, the Jewish remnant, who heard the prophets, responded to the gospel, fled to their place in the wilderness. Twice we are told that. And there, for the last three and a half years, they are protected and preserved from being conquered or killed or destroyed by the Antichrist. Antichrist can't can't touch them. Satan himself can't touch them. They are protected and provided for by God for 1260 days. See that? They are the remnant and they will make it through that last three and a half years of of the tribulation period. But they will make it through because they are hidden someplace on our planet in a wilderness and there they are prepared or God has prepared for them to care for them and to feed them and to shield them from Satan.
0: If we're looking for the church in the seven-year period of the Antichrist's rule, we'll be confused. The church is not here. She is risen. During that time, God's ministry to the Jews is front and center, in the persons of the two witnesses, as they're often called. Today, we heard the second of three parts of Jim's sermon, The Last Prophet Standing. If you'd like to get this message on CD, we'll send it for your gift of $7 or more. The current series is entitled, With John on the Isle of Patmos, It contains nine sermons, all yours on CD, for an offering of $34 or more. At Right Start, we want to enlighten, comfort, and strengthen the Lord's people with an open door to unbelievers, too. If that's a mission you can support, please do so, literally. You can help the ministry with your prayers or with a financial gift or both. Thanks to everyone lifting up the banner of Christ with us. Find us on the internet at rightstartradio.org. Besides an easy and safe way to contribute, you'll find hundreds of Pastor Jim's messages there. You can listen to the radio shows if you like or get new releases every day on your phone through the Right Start podcast on iTunes. You can email us too at rightstartradio.org, rightstartradio.org, or call 1-800-984-2313. That's 800-984-2313. Or mail us at rightstart, P.O. Box 437-437. Worthington, Ohio 43085 USA. We hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. On Monday, Jim will tie this part of the book of Revelation to the words of Jesus. They'll explain and amplify each other. Enjoy your weekend and let's meet here again then to get the new week off to a right start.